1: I've been working as a police officer in Detroit for a little more than a decade now. I've learned that ghosts are not the scariest thing you'll find out there. Living people are far worse. However, one of my first scary experiences did involve something paranormal. It still roams around my mind. I was still a rookie back then going out for my first night patrols. I was nervous, but also excited to get the chance to finally take matters into my own hands to make the country a safer place and play my part. Yes, I was the classic naive kid with big dreams. I believe that becoming a cop was the closest thing to a superhero. I know better now. So anyway, I was sitting there next to my partner in the car, driving around the neighborhood patrolling. It was starting to get very late, around 11.35 p.m. We had seen nothing suspicious or out of the ordinary, so we're getting kind of bored. We parked in sort of a desolate part of the neighborhood just watching the hours go by, and our radio flicked on. We were being dispatched to another place as somebody had reported strange noises coming from an abandoned warehouse. My partner seemed more annoyed. I was ecstatic. Finally, something to do. I was so afraid I would get nothing to do on one of my first nights out. I was willing to check out every corner of that warehouse, even if the noise just turned to be a family of raccoons. So we said to check out what the ruckus might be. We drove deep into the neighborhood. You know how in Detroit there are some places that were basically just left to rot. Well, the warehouse was located in one of those empty spots. Every house for miles seemed to be in a progressive state of decay. We began wondering who would have reported a noise disturbance in such a place. Nobody seemed to be living near. We got to the place and parked the car. The warehouse was basically just a run-down, barely-standing building. The roof was missing in some parts. Most of the windows were just shards, and the walls were blackened almost all around. The doors were so rusty it seemed that they would become dust the moment we tried to open them. But that was not the only thing. The place had a vibe. I don't know how to describe it, It felt like a place you should stay away from. Both my partner and I knew it. He looked at me after taking a look at the building, suggested we both claim we found nothing inside to get out. I felt very tempted, but I needed to know I could handle this job and be a proper officer. It was time to improve myself, so I refused his offer and told him we should just give a quick look around in case something might be going on inside. He rolled his eyes at me, but reluctantly agreed. We got our guns flashlights ready, getting out of the car. I immediately noticed the heat. It was an early fall night, so it wasn't exactly cold. However, when we stepped out of the car, I swear the temperature had risen like 20 degrees. I had to leave my jacket in the car. My partner just took this as another bad sign and insisted on leaving. He was also the very superstitious kind. I needed to just take a look around and felt like I truly done my job. We approached the factory and the temperature was just soaring the closer we got to it like it was a furnace. I now started to sweat. It felt almost like the heat was coming from the building itself. We got to one of the doors. I tried to grab the handle to pry it open. The moment I touched it, the metal felt burning hot. I cursed immediately, removing my hand. I looked at the handle, and even though it felt like it was red hot, it seemed completely normal. It left faint burning marks all over my hand, and my partner and I were beginning to freak out. He once again repeated, we should just leave the place and call the fire department. We turned around, and we were about to head back when we had heard the screams and the pounding. In the blink of an eye, every door and wall was being desperately pounded by what must have been dozens of people, and all sorts of screams and wailings were coming from inside. My partner and I bolted straight to the car, but Ben Benway, my hero complex, kicked in completely idiotic. I headed straight back to one of the window openings. As I approached again, the screams got louder, the heated being almost unbearable. I could feel my eyelashes getting seen. As soon as I got close enough, I looked inside, expecting to find somebody, something that could be making and responsible for all the noise. The building was empty, just a run-down warehouse, with their floors covered in blackened rubble. I got a really bad feeling in the pit of my stomach, so I bolted out without even looking back. I got inside the car, where my partner was very patiently waiting for me. We drove away very quickly as we got out, and my heartbeat finally slowed. Those voices, they still resonated in my head. They were screaming in pain, pleading for help. And of course, nobody took us seriously at all back at the station. Even the fire department got incredibly annoyed when they found nothing. They were sure somebody was playing a prank, and they were not fans of pranks. Especially when it involved them wasting their time. But from then on, I was very weary of night patrols. Even more so when they involved desolated places, all dilapidated buildings where gangs and criminals would go to. Hang out. After this, I never came across something like that afterwards. To be fair, I have not been to that part of the city ever since that night. I have done some research, though, and turns out around 50 years ago, the place was actually a textile factory that burned to the ground in a very uncontrollable fire. A massive conflagration. A lot of people, unfortunately, did not make it out. The factory was then rebuilt from the ground up not too long after. I'm sorry, I don't know the dates. I believe the screams we had heard were from the ghosts that were left behind. Scars left by the tragic events. I still don't know if that's really what it was, but whatever it was terrified me and makes me feel very sad about all of it. As a park ranger named Zane, I've had the privilege of working in this park for years, and it never ceases to amaze me with its natural beauty. The park is a mix of rolling hills, dense forests, and meandering streams. There are fields of wildflowers, hidden waterfalls, and towering cliffs that offer stunning vistas of the valley below. It's a peaceful place, and one that is beloved by hikers, bikers, and nature lovers alike. But one night, everything changed. I was doing my rounds, checking the trails and campsites when I heard a strange noise. It was a low growl, deep and guttural, coming from somewhere in the woods. I shone my flashlight around, but couldn't see anything in the darkness. That's when I heard a loud snap and turned to see a massive creature standing before me. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before, with long, shaggy fur and glowing eyes that seemed to pierce through the darkness. The creature was huge, standing over eight feet tall on its two hind legs, and it had the strength of ten men. I tried to back away slowly, but the creature took a step forward, blocking my path. It bared its teeth, growling menacingly. I knew that if it wanted to, it could easily overpower me i was frozen with fear stuck in place with nowhere to go the creature let out a deafening roar and i knew that i had to act fast i drew my taser and fired hoping to stun the creature and buy myself some time but to my horror the taser had no effect the creature simply shook off the electric shock and continued to advance i knew that i had to get out of there and fast I turned and ran as fast as I could, my heart pounding in my chest. I could hear the creature chasing after me, its massive footsteps echoing through the woods. Somehow I made it back to my ranger station alive, but I knew that I had encountered something truly terrifying, something that I couldn't explain. The creature was unlike anything I had ever seen, and I knew that it was out there, somewhere in the woods, waiting for its next victim. My stepdad lived in Virginia when he was around the age of eight, right on the edge of the great dismal swamp. According to him, he was in bed one night when the sky was cloudless or just very bright. He never thought until recently whether the moon was shining or not and saw a beast looking right through his window at him. He said he could see spittle running down its face and its eyes were looking straight at him. It was supposedly standing on its hind legs and had cream-red and brown-colored matted fur and a face almost like a wolf. Other than its snout, its facial features were very human. Its jaw bones were high, the structure around its eyes and its eyes themselves were humanesque. The coloring of its eyes, he believes, were yellow. The reason why I think this is interesting and possibly valid is because the great dismal swamp covers a huge amount of territory and is hardly touched by humans. Only in recent years have people started to study its inhabitants. The grounds are wet, mossy, and absorb sound, and people have been known to wander into it and never return. Who knows what could be lurking in the unknown? Chills my bones. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that he crawled out of his bed and went straight to his mother's room. In the morning, when they looked around the house, all the windows had ground that was stirred up under them and grass that was yanked out. There were actual scratches in the wood under his window, and paint was missing, too. However, as far as they could see, there were no discernible footprints. The following is my story of my encounter with what I believe to be some unknown predator. This story is 100% true and not a work of fiction. I have no idea of what I encountered, but I believe it was some animal unknown to science currently. This was in the late 2000s in Helmand Province, southern Afghanistan. Late summer, around 4 or 5 months into our tour. A mission we were supposed to deploy on was changed the day before due to an operational incident and it was completely changed. So I find the odds of a security leak incredibly unlikely. We were dropped off at the far end of a mountain range and had to hike our way up while it was dark and wait up the top. It took us around two hours to reach the top of the mountains, if I recall correctly. The mission was to wait on top overnight and sleep for several hours and before sunrise head down into the green zone, deep into enemy territory, in order to gain the element of surprise and in order to assault Taliban positions. This was a very rural area and off the track. It would have been an incredibly difficult place for a civilian to reach. We were incredibly fit and robust, yet found it hard going. At some point during the night, I have no idea what time, but it was dark. My friend, who was next to me, nudged me awake and was looking in front of him at a cave entrance not far in front of us, perhaps 10 to 15 feet in front. I listened closely in order to hear what was going on and noticed that I could hear the sound of what appeared to be a baby crying. This absolutely perplexed my brain, given the location, but several moments later, the really scary thing happened. I noticed that the sound that I was hearing of the baby crying was on a loop, like maybe a five- or six-second loop, repeating over and over again. Suddenly a rush of terror came over me, and I immediately thought of some strange animal impersonating a vulnerable human, much like the way cats and birds can mimic human sounds. It repeated for maybe five to ten minutes before stopping, then nothing but eerie silence. No movement, no voices. Nothing. To this day, I have no idea what it could have been. I really doubt it was the enemy forces as the odds of them knowing we would be there, given the last-minute change is incredibly unlikely. Plus, it would have been much easier to just attack us. I genuinely believe this was some undiscovered attempting to lure us down into the cave. I have no idea for what purpose, but I don't. It was anything friendly. I'm also happy to answer any questions you may have. It was over ten years ago, but I will do my best to recall the details. When I was in high school about ten years ago, I witnessed a pair of slightly glowing yellow eyes looking into my house from the back door. The creature probably stood seven, eight feet tall, and the only thing that I could see in the darkness were its glowing yellow eyes. I liked in a suburban neighborhood in East Texas. There was a room full of family in the dimly lit living room which was connected to this back door. They were eyes for sure, not lights or headlights or anything reflecting off of the glass. I looked into this creature's glass like glowing yellow eyes and felt it was intelligent despite only being able to see its eyes and nothing else. It didn't necessarily scare me per se. I didn't tell anyone at all actually i just turned around and smoked on my front porch instead of out back does anyone know what creature i might have saw that day do you guys think it may have influenced my actions by keeping me calm and not alerting my family members they were just a couple steps away i think about it every time i see any form of glowing eyes which is pretty often Just to clarify things before I describe my encounter, I live in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I go hunting near a lake around 20 miles where I live, located near a small town every Saturday. Today, just before the afternoon, I was in my usual hunting spot for around half an hour. A few dozen minutes prior, I had seen a few bucks sprint from the woods and down the river bank as if they were running away from something. Then I heard some loud movement coming from the brush across the river. Another buck had come running out from the forest and down the same area where the other buck had gone. This time a giant grizzly bear had stormed out of the brush in pursuit. This thing was absolutely massive, so big that I can see it clear as day from across the river. I could guess it was four meters in length and probably around eight feet in height. The thing was absolutely enormous and muscular and also had a big hump around where the neck was. I watched it run down the side of the river bank, chasing the buck until it had disappeared into the woods. After that I no longer felt safe having a gargantuan bear running around my hunting spot so I left and I don't feel safe going back. There are no grizzly bears in Saskatchewan as I only have experience with a few black bears around where I hunt. I've never seen this thing before let alone a brown bear in my area. Something of this size could devastate the ecosystem if it's invasive. When I was a kid I had a terrifying experience which, although I have grown out of, I still remember it and it kind of bring me chills one day I was sleeping and had the habit of covering my face while sleeping I woke in the middle of the night somewhere between two hour or three hours so I took the cover off cuz it was hot hands. then I saw a huge dark figure with big horns standing in the middle of the room I was terrified and screamed from the fear and immediately covered my face under the blanket which I stayed under crying from fear till morning When I had the courage to take off the cover, I was relieved that nothing was there anymore. I always thinking that maybe I'm just imagining because your brain can play tricks on you in the darkness. And and I was specifically scared of the idea of ghosts and demons and was afraid to sleep alone as a kid. So maybe it was not real. But what I can tell you is that I was not dreaming that night and what I described is exactly what I saw. If any had any experiences like this share, it is good to talk about it so we can feel better move on, cause ever since that time I didn't experience any of that not. Even sleep paralysis. So whatever it is, it feeds over your fear, or it is just a fearful kid's hallucination in the dark. As I gazed out over the vast expanse of the Grand Canyon National Park, I couldn't help but feel awestruck by its sheer size and beauty. The towering cliffs, the winding Colorado River far below, and the rich red rock formations all around me were simply breathtaking. It was a peaceful moment, but my peace was shattered by a sudden blood-curdling scream that echoed through the canyon. I quickly realized that it was the cry of a park ranger in trouble. I ran towards the sound and soon spotted Ranger Lori lying on the ground, writhing in pain. She was being attacked by a massive, furry creature, almost as tall as the trees around us. It was a Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, or whatever you want to call it, but I knew I was looking at something straight out of a horror movie. The beast was clearly angry, and its eyes locked onto me as I approached. It was clear that it was going to come after me next. I was terrified, but I had to. Act fast. I reached for my gun, but before I could even get it out of my holster, the creature lunged at me, its massive claws flashing in the sunlight. I dodged the first attack, but barely. It was like being hit by a freight train, and I was tossed aside like a ragdoll. It was like being hit by a freight train, and I was tossed aside like a ragdoll. Creature was relentless. It came at me again and again each blow knocking me farther and farther away. Finally, I realized that there was no escaping it. I knew that I had to fight back, or I was going to die. I stood up and stared the creature in the eyes. It was a terrifying sight, but I gritted my teeth and prepared to face it head. On, I charged at it, trying to dodge its huge claws, and aimed my gun at its chest. The next few seconds were a blur of violence and chaos. The creature and I collided, and I managed to get a shot off, but it was too late, its claws raked across my chest, and I fell to the ground, bleeding and gasping for air. The last thing I saw before I lost consciousness was the creature disappearing back into the woods, leaving me there to die. When I awoke, I was in a hospital bed. My wounds were severe, but somehow I had survived. The doctors told me that they had found me just in time and that I had been lucky to escape with my life. I was grateful to be alive, but the experience had left me deeply shaken. Over the following weeks, I pieced together what had happened. The Bigfoot was real, and it had attacked Ranger Lori, just as it had attacked me. But there was more to the story than that. I learned that there were others who had seen the creature and who had even tried to capture it. And that was when I realized the truth. There was a conspiracy at work. Someone, somewhere, was covering up the existence of this creature. They didn't want people to know that Bigfoot was real and that it was a danger to those who lived and worked in the park. Ranger Lorry had been betrayed and so had I. We had been left to die, sacrificed for the sake of secrecy. It was a bitter pill to swallow and one that still haunts me too this day. The Grand Canyon National Park is still a beautiful place, but now I see it through a different lens. It's a place where danger lurks in the shadows and where secrets are kept at all costs. I don't know what the future holds, but one thing is certain. The memory of that terrible day will stay with me for the rest of my life. In the summer of 2017, around 10 p.m., I was in the kitchen watching YouTube videos on my phone when I decided it's time to go to sleep, so I go turn off the light to the kitchen, and as I'm walking past one of the kitchen window that leads to the backyard, I notice someone. At first, I had this gut feeling that told me to look to my peripheral vision, and I look out the kitchen window and I see a black figure walking across my backyard. At this point I am frozen with fear, and I see this thing walking across my yard with its bright glowing eyes, and I assume it noticed me since its head tilted my direction, and it suddenly vanished. The figure was completely black, and its body looked like it was made out of fog, almost like a black thundercloud, and its only facial textures were these glowing white eyes also its outline of its body had a thin spectrum of colors similar to the colors of a soap bubble when you look into it it or the rainbow color of oil when it's dropped on the floor i have no idea what to even call this thing but it was a scary experience does anyone have a clue what this thing was About 15 years ago, my wife and two children were leaving our home in Honeycomb, just north of Guntersville off of Highway 431, at the bottom of Grant, Alabama. We were en route to Walmart, about 8-9 p.m., probably midsummer, A well-lit seems full moon night. We lived for me, around past the lake in Honeycomb. I was driving my old hot rod, a 1964 Ford, There are some persons by the last name of, name removed by Investigator, who always have dogs in the street at their house by the lake. The road white elephant would uh, run by the water's edge in front of their home. The road is about four feet off of the shoreline. The name removed by Investigator had two saints, Bernard Dogs, along with their other dog. That particular night, driving past i saw in the water walking away from the road and shore a large eight feet sasquatch i looked back in my rearview mirror and still turned around to look through my back glass my wife saw my dismay and quickly asked what's wrong she at that time looked back i always drive slow by their house as the dogs are always in the road so she had time to look all she saw was the ripples in the water as we passed a few trees It was a full moon night in no wind calm waters. Now what I saw was the eight feet Sasquatch carrying one of the saint burning heads. I in the time that drove by slowly saw the Bigfoot from the knees up carrying the head of the dog. Some flesh was hanging from the neck area. The head was in the Bigfoot's left hand. He was carrying it from the dog hair at the top of the dog head. I said to my wife at that time that if one of those dogs came up missing that the Sasquatch was the reason why. However both dogs came up missing and we never saw them again after that time. Now story up to date, telling the story to many persons in the years passing as people tell stories, I finally told the guys at the TV where I work as a contractor for the government. My relationship with Mister name removed by investigator, is just knowing each other from the window of our vehicle as we would wave to one another as our children rode the school bus with each other. I finally one day about four years ago asked him what happened to his dogs and told him the story of what I saw. He said one of the dogs died in Huntsville, Alabama at his mother's home, and the other died at his home in Honeycomb, and he buried it behind his house. Now... I didn't push the issue of letting me dig up the dog's core, as it would be kind of tacky. But if you guys want to contact me and send some investigators to check and see if Mr. Name Removed by Investigator would allow you to dig up the core to see if its head is missing, you may get some clues or even some hair form the sasquatch. However, if the head is still attached, then I was hallucinating the whole thing and my wife would just imagine the water ripples, too. I don't do drugs or smoke dope, and didn't at that time, either. The only thing running through my veins is good, wholesome Native American blood. I would love to participate in pursuing this investigation if there will be one, My first encounter happened late at night while driving home to Snohomish from Sultan. The two towns being about ten miles apart. I was with my mother and we had just finished dropping a friend off at her home in Sultan. It was late October and there was an unusual storm going on that night that everyone talked about the following day. Tremendous cloud. The cloud lightning and a very cold, dry wind with no rain. Bright flashes of light loud thunder, and lots of leaves blowing around. After dropping our friend off, we were on a stretch of the road that's very dark, with farmland on either side of the highway, Highway 2, and both sides having densely wooded hills. We were driving a 1991 Honda Accord, and at this one particular spot in the road... Something caught my eye off to the left side, which was a farm field, and there was a break in the guardrail for a dirt road going into the field. Right when we were even to this break, I saw what looked like a huge dog coming up, and right then it ran in front of our car, and I hit it. We could see the top of its back which we both swear looked more like a hyena at this point than a dog. It had to be huge to see its back over the hood of the car when you're sitting pretty low to the ground in a Honda Accord. Its fur was shaggy brown and mottled with dark spots, just like a hyena, and its front seemed higher up than its back. The headlights lit it up as it ran right in front of our car, and we could feel it get hit. But didn't see it go either up in the air or off to the right side of the car it was running from the left side of the highway to the right we were driving westward it sent my car into an uncontrollable swerve back and forth into the oncoming lane and i just prayed that i could get it under control to keep from getting into a head on collision with what looked like maybe a ford aerostar van A calmness came over me, and I felt like my guardian angel had taken control of the steering because we missed the van by just a few inches. After going a little ways further, we were both so shook up I pulled off to the side. My mother wanted to go look for the dog because we both love animals and felt bad about hitting something. But I had a bad feeling about looking for this dog because it had looked so strange, and I was afraid of it. It was dark and stormy. It didn't feel safe, and I just wanted to get home. We got back in the car and stopped at a little gas station when we first got into Monroe, which is the next town between our town and Salton, We got out to look at the front of my car, thinking surely there would be some evidence of hitting something that large. We were going the highway speed when we hit it, which is 60 miles per hour, like a dent, some fur blood, but there was nothing there, not at a scratch, The whole thing had a very supernatural feel to it. The look of this dog, which was huge and looked more like a hyena, just didn't seem right. Neither did the tamming of it running in front of us, like it wanted to make a stop on that dark stretch of road and get out of my car, which we did, but we got right back in. I never saw it on two legs. It ran on all fours, but there was something so calculated about the way it came up to the highway and looked at our car and ran in front of it. It seemed planned. It was such a strange electromagnetic type of storm that night, too. The next day, people we knew that lived miles and miles apart in many different directions all talked about the storm and one particularly loud thunderclap that shook everyone's homes. They all thought it was directly over their house, but they were all miles apart. I have three more encounters, which occurred after this first one. I'm pretty sure this happened October 1997, no later than 1998. I am a Hiwi, a Native American, born and raised in a small village deep in the forest. I have always been at home in the woods, but I never imagined that one day I would be fighting for my life against an unknown creature. It happened on a dark and stormy night. I had been out hunting for food when I heard a strange noise. At first I thought it was just the wind, but then I saw it. A creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was large and hulking, with eyes that glowed in the darkness. It moved with an eerie grace and I knew instinctively that it was not something I wanted to mess with. But before I could even think of what to do, the creature attacked me. It came at me with a fury, its claws slashing through the air. I fought back as best I could, using my bow and arrows to try and fend it off. But it was no use. The creature was too powerful, and it overpowered me easily. Just as I thought it was all over for me, the creature suddenly stopped attacking. It looked at me with its glowing eyes, and then it simply disappeared into the darkness. I was left lying on the forest floor, shaken and confused. What was that creature, and why it had attacked me, and why it had suddenly stopped just as it seemed like it was about to finish me off? For weeks after the attack, I searched the forest for any sign of the creature, but I found nothing. It was as if it had never existed in the first place. But I knew that I had not imagined it. The wounds on my body were proof enough that something had attacked me that night. Years passed and I continued to live in the forest, always on the lookout for any sign of the creature that had nearly killed me. But it never appeared again, and I was left with nothing but my confusion and fear. To this day I still wonder what that creature was, and why it had attacked me. Was it simply defending its territory, or was there something more sinister at play? I may never know the truth, but I will always remember that dark and stormy night and the creature that left me shaken and confused. I am Manny, a Bigfoot researcher. I was doing a follow-up on an incident that involved two married couples that were camping out at a local skinny dipping rock quarry. This is what took place. There were two groups involved, which consisted of two married couples. They were camping together. They had been swimming in the night when they started to hear what appeared to be high-pitched screams at a distance. They then got nervous because this was unlike anything they had ever heard. At that point, they get out of the water and proceed to walk back to camp, their camp only being a minute walk they had a campfire going and talking among themselves when all of a sudden they started to hear the high-pitched screams once again but this time much closer and louder this went on about 10 minutes they started to get very uncomfortable because they knew whatever it was coming toward their location and then there was silence minutes later they started to hear branches break around their campsite one of the men got out his point twenty two caliber rifle out and started shooting They heard nothing after that took place. Then a while later, the high-pitched screams started again, but from a distance away until they could no longer hear them. They spent the night there and left in the morning. When I did this follow-up, it was two days since it happened. The information that I was able to gather from the location and witness was this. The high-pitched screams were heard from the north to northeast. The area is heavily wooded with some underbrush. This location is pretty much on flat ground. Howard Prairie Lake is under a one-fourth mile away. Given that in this general area was dry, I, I began to do a perimeter search, walking north from the rock quarry, sweeping the ground for any traces, but after about three hours of looking around, I was unable to find anything. The ground was to dry as well as the grass. Weather was warm and clear skies.